get a raise Not far from a star, two steps from a slave Take it for myself, man, it's time to get paid Telling all my people's look, let's get paid Asking no boss, man, can I get a raise Not far from a star, two steps from a slave Take it for myself, man, it's time to get paid They tell me, clever man, come on, you think too much Where you been, I ain't heard you spit in months Did you hang it up? Did you fall off the floor when you lose in the crush? Yeah, such and such, man, it's funny how when you out of sight, you be out of mind How a good woman, friends, and money be hard to find I've been on my hustle, stacking paper on the grind in Atlanta Trying to build a shot, real talk These days it's hard to stay sober Switching time zones with the four-hour laid over Fifth out, I flush out, red from the doja I cry hard cause I can't flow in the soda You can tell I'm clever, doja You in the corporate office somewhere over there You with a Range Rover, this is getting colder And I ain't got time, man, I got a shot Email me in October I'm telling all my people, look, let's get paid Asking all boss, man, can I get a raise? Not far from a star, two steps from a slave One source for knowledge in the information age. High frequency radio network.
know who you supposed to be. So contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man.
pistol. How I think blowed out of my mind. Feeling like committing a crime. Get a lot for that. I won't snitch. I ain't dropping a dime. I'm a self-made hustler. Top of the line.
My mic was muted. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation. Here on High Frequency Radio Network, I am your host, So L, Seeker of Truth L, and it is my pleasure to welcome you. This is The Foundation, and we are High Frequency, where we understand incorrect information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So, as always, we are applying that correct information correctly here at the foundation. You know what I mean? That was loud. I'm sorry about that. That's my bad. Yes, but welcome to the foundation. Today's episode is entitled How to Thrive in 21st Century America. Appreciate you. I want to start off by saying, as I always do, all thanks, honors, praises due to the Creator and ancestors. I want to say peace, big up, salute, shout out to my big brother. Not, no, he's not like biologically my brother, man. You know, in our culture, we call each other brothers and sisters and stuff. But when I say big brother, uses, I guess maybe because I threw the big in there. I don't know, y'all, but I consider him, you know, my spiritual brother, big brother Yusuf. I call him the uncle of the conscious community. I don't care what you call him. Just don't call him collect. Shout out to Yusuf L., you know what I'm saying? High Frequency Radio Network, creator, extraordinaire, SPC University, dot private side solutions. If you are looking to get your secured party creditor dance, 100% choreographed. Straight up, you should, I mean, I don't even talk about it, barely, you know, just because he's a man, you know, so make sure you check that out, spcuniversity.privatesidesolutions.com. I also invite you to check out welcometothefoundation.com. Make sure you sign up for the email list. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be completely honest. We need more people sign up for the email list, player. I mean, more is always good, you know, unless, unless, uh, you know, unless you, uh, you know, unless, you know, you're looking at time and they're trying to give you more time or something or more fees, more is not always better in that situation. But when you're dealing with you know, email lists and things like that. We could always use more. So I heavily invite you to check out WelcomeToTheFoundation.com and sign up for the email list. Hold on, what? We got a correspondence from the secretary. We got a lot of correspondence from the secretary. Secretary says, <laughs> it is SPCUniversity.com now. And I believe her. She knows her stuff. And that is true. SPCUniversity.com. It's not private side solutions any longer. So, you know, shout out to shortening the URL. Yusuf, that's what's up, man. Uh, yeah, sign up for the email list. Welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you get that exclusive content, those offers, you know, that are only available to email subscribers. We're about to do a crazy 
promotion or offer in the email list. Uh, if you're not in the email list, you'll never know about it. You, you'll be like, what happened? And, you know, I guess if you don't know, it won't hurt you, right? So make sure you get them, them exclusive exclusive offers, that exclusive content by signing up to the email list. Make sure you check out WelcomeToTheFoundation.com, the PDF section. Get your free free information. Just grab and go, grab and, and, and move around, grab and mosey. Grab and dip, grab and bounce. Grab and burst. Grab and ghost. Grab and split. <laughs> grab and go midget. Grab and get little. I mean, there's so many different. You know what? Let me just let me just stay focused, y'all. I got ADD, ADHD, or whatever, man. Sometimes it's you know one of these days today, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. But you know, PDF section. Grab and go. Free free information. And if you feel that you gained some 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 wealth from that information, you can come back. Check out the education tab. We got the Foundation Trust Primer. You know, I like to, I, I wax lyrical about trust. There's over 80 different types of trust. If you want to get down, you want to understand where we're coming from. If you have no idea about trust, you're just hearing the word trust in the context of, you know, structure, you know, business structure, family structure. Otherwise, I suggest you check out that uh, trust primer. Foundation Trust Primer. It's like 19 documents. I'm pretty sure it's 19 documents, but I'm never sure, so I say over 18. Handpicked, handpicked documents by yours truly. For those of you starting off, you know, people say, hey, where do I start? So if I'm just starting off, where do I start? Now, you know, I used to always rack my brain. I'd be like, oh, man, because I've read so much stuff, right? So it was very difficult for me to be like, okay, this is where you start. You know, this is where you go. But... Now, when people ask that question, off top, I say, grab the Foundation Trust Primer. Just grab it. I put it all together. You know, it took me hours to put all that stuff together, to find, and, you know, I'm going through stuff, seeing what's appropriate, seeing what's not appropriate. You know, I'm not trying to convolute anything. So, you know, grab the Trust Primer. You know, we got the Foundation Trust Series, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. Part 1 is very, very basic, breaks it down the structure, the validity of the entity. Um, Part 2 gets into more of the administration. Part 3 gets into more of, you know, um, investing and you know more advanced techniques um, that utilize trust structures. So you know the foundation, the trust series. I feel like it's very valuable. You know you may not think so. That's cool, but you know you can do your dance. It's, it's, it's all good. And we got the foundation passport, no social part one, part two. You know the brother Chris L came through. You know. Use his own personal experience, personal knowledge, personal experience to put us on a how to obtain passport. We're not providing the social security number. That's part one. And then part two was how do you use the passport, you know, without creating minimum contacts again, once you, you know, kind of made that separation. So, you know, part one, part two, you can grab them both at the same time. You can grab one at a time. You know, same thing with the trust series. You can grab them all three at the same time. or You can grab one at a time. It's completely up to you. But, you know, there's value there, you know, if I do say so myself, I, you know, I, hey, that's what it is. You know, welcome to the foundation.com. You can find the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Twitter page. I haven't looked at the Facebook page for a long time, man. They wanted me to update the app and then it, did, it wouldn't update. So it kept crashing. But if you're in the social media, you know, you can find all of the 
Foundation social media accounts at welcome to the foundation.com. Welcome to the foundation.com, excuse me. My tongue has ADD, yo. You can also book a donation. I'm sorry. Wow. You can make a donation. You can book a consultation all at the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. I don't know how I'm going to get through current events, man. I'm over here tripping. I want to say peace to all the listeners, all the live listeners, live callers, y'all live internet listeners, your archive listeners, your podcast listeners, your MP3 listeners. I, I don't know how you be listening. Some, some of y'all just meditate, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of your room with no electronics and you can hear the show. You know, I think that's amazing. I think that's 100% amazing. Tell me how. Tell me how. But yeah, peace to all the listeners. Peace to all trustees and private trustee training, man. Trustee training here at the foundation. There's a lot of trustees in there, man. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. There's, it's a community. It's growing into a community, and I couldn't be more happy. I really couldn't. You know, I really couldn't because, you know, the trustees in training here at the foundation they have much more in common with each other than they really understand. For real. And, you know, it's a lifestyle. And as you transition to a life, to a new lifestyle, you know, in that new lifestyle, you know, the old friends... from your previous lifestyle, you know, they don't usually translate. So, you know, I just, you know, hey, it's a community. It's grown into community. I love it. I definitely love it, you know. So, hey, peace to all the trustees in private trustee training. And I also want to say peace to all those investing in their private education outside of the foundation. This isn't the only spot. Um, I really appreciate y'all. And last but not least, finally, I want to say peace to everyone that we here at the foundation have done business with in the private. Anyone sending well wishes, emails, comments, or current events, or otherwise added to the foundation. Even if I don't respond, which most of the time I do, I appreciate it. You know, um, you don't understand when people reach out to me by email or otherwise and just say, man, I appreciate what you do. Most of the time that happens when I need it. It's crazy how the universe works, man. I'll be in just a a really weird mood, really uh, second-guessing myself. You know, and the thing of it is, is um, even people who are successful, even people who seem to be very, very confident and have everything together are very, very self-critical. I'm telling you the truth. And I'm, I'm very self-critical, you know. So, um, you know, hey, I, I guess it's just uh, it's just one of those things. But, you know, here at the foundation, um, we bring it all together. Definitely bring it all together. So today, today we're going to. We're going to discuss how to thrive in the 21st century America. Of course, you know, it's not just America, but, you know, most of the audience is here in the United States or United States of America or America or however you refer to um, the continent of America. So this, you know, document will be available to y'all if you would like a copy of this document i will send it to you for the free not for the fee you know um did something very similar last week and uh we're gonna do the same dance this week all you have to do this is what you got to do today is 9:22. in the subject line of the email admin at welcome to the foundation.com in the subject line all you have to do is put 922 show document that's it and i'll send it to you you ain't gotta say hi you ain't gotta say peace you ain't gotta say thank you you ain't gotta say nothing you know Whatever. Do your dance. And I'll send it straight to you. But I think we should just jo- you know, just dive right into this thing. So what are we dealing with here? 
we, we're dealing with um, a drastic shift in uh, the social social structure or the social fabric of Western civilization, not only um, evidenced in political policies, happenings, uh, monetary policies, happenings. Um, you have uh, civil unrest everywhere, pretty much. Um, and just generally, you have corporations becoming more and more entrenched in our personal lives. It's kind of like a, a reversal is happening. It used to be like this back in the 40s and 50s. Um, and then in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it kind of dissipated, and there was like more freedom and individualism. And we're going back to like, you know, this whole corporatism dance. Um, some would say that we never left it. But I would say that maybe you're, maybe you're correct. A lot of people are falling behind, falling behind the wheel, you know, behind the line, whatever you want to talk about. As far as the economy, as far as their finances, as far as their hopes, their aspirations, their dreams, and so on and so forth. And on top of that, um, savings and wealth. Most people had plans with their employments, with their careers. A lot of people are no longer in those fields. A lot of people are no longer employed in the same field they were employed two years ago. A lot of things have changed in the last couple of years, and they're going to continue to change. So, you know, we're going to talk about that, how to thrive in 21st century America. First and foremost, let's do this current event dance. You thought I forgot, but I did not. Uh-uh. So, food prices, the rising cost of a loaf. I think this is from Europe, but, you know, hey, whatever. Spiraling natural gas prices have taken the fizz out of sodas and stymied chicken production. Now fears are percolating that steep fertilizer prices could inflate the cost of our daily bread if they persist. These concerns are justified. Fertilizers are one of the biggest input costs for agricultural commodities. Did you know that? Hold up. Get the music, man. DJ. Did you know that fertilizer is one of the biggest input costs for agricultural commodities. I mean, when you say it and you hear it, like, oh, that makes sense. But did you actually know that? Did you think about that? Who knows? Maybe a third of the operating costs of producing cereals. Manufacturers are relying on natural gases to harvest fertilizer components such as nitrogen, which is sucked from the air and turned into ammonia and urea. Hence the closure of some fertilizer plants. Manufacturers are reliant. Nope, I already said that. Fertilizer producers generally sell at prices that float or which are fixed over relatively short periods. Farmers usually buy a set prices around June for delivery in late autumn. They purchase top ups at spot rates that provide a buffer of sorts against short lived spikes. But a dearth of hedging tools and ill liquid fertilizer futures markets makes it tricky to lock future costs down fully. There's some scope for substitution, for example, with old-fashioned manure, a byproduct on mixed farms. But high-intensity farmers in developed world typically buy the same volumes of fertilizer every year, passing on some costs to consumers. There's far more elasticity, elasticity of demand 
from the low-intensity fields of emerging markets, governments, and aid bodies sometimes subsidize fertilizer for welfare reasons. An academic study found that making the stuff free in in some areas trebled uses and raised household incomes. The agricultural arm of the United Nations noted that in 2007 and 2008, food crisis, fertilizer prices rose faster than food prices. Expensive fertilizer and reduced yields are just two linked factors that could drive up agricultural commodity prices. Labor shortages from seasonal pickers to uh, truck drivers may spoil crops. As well as in the U.S. here and Australia, erratic weather has depleted nature's bounty. China wants to increase its domestic food security. Everything points to higher food prices ahead. Uh-huh. Next one. We got this. This is from, I want to say Wall Street Journal. But they be tripping, so I got to find the same article reposted somewhere else. Five causes for the high price of food. High oil prices. Food gets transported great distances, and high oil prices raise shipping costs. You can expect high gas prices about six weeks after an increase in oil futures. Oil prices also affect farming. Oil products and oil byproducts are a significant component of fertilizer. Climate change. Number two, climate change creates more extreme weather. It causes um, greenhouse gases emissions that trap heat. That which in turn causes air temperatures to increase. Hot air absorbs more moisture, it rains less, water from lakes and rivers evaporate, and the land dries up. When it does rain, the water runs off the land instead of getting absorbed into the water table. That creates floods, which in turn damages crops. Three, government subsidies. U.S. government subsidies for corn production for biofuels take corn out of the market and out of the food supply, raising prices. The U.S. now uses 37% of its corn crop to make ethanol. That's up from 6% in 2000. World Trade Organization limits on stockpiles. The World Trade Organization limits the amount of subsidized corn and wheat that countries can add to global stockpiles. The United States, the European Union, and some developing countries heavily subsidize their agricultural industries. Farmers in those countries receive an unfair trade advantage. Unfair. And this is true. The World Trade Organization limits stockpiling to lower this edge, but it also reduces the amount of food available in a shortage that increases food price volatility. More meat eating. People around the world are eating more meat, especially pork, as they become more affluent. It takes more grain to feed the animals needed for meat-based meals than is necessary for grain-based meals. Higher demand for meat means higher grain prices. Over time, this could offset lower U.S. demand for meat and dairy. Tells me that, you know, food prices are going to be higher. IMF blog, International Monetary Fund, four facts about soaring consumer food prices. Rising world food prices for producers are making headlines and causing concerns among the public. The most recent data show a moderation in consumer food price inflation globally. But as we explained below, that could change in the coming months. This would only add to the high prices that consumers in many countries already lived through last year. If prices eventually rise again, there will likely be sizable differences between countries. Due to various factors, it is probable that the effect would be felt most by consumers in emerging markets and developing economies still wrestling with the effects of the panorama. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? 
Food price inflation started increasing before the panorama. The increase in consumer food price inflation predates the panorama. In the summer of 2018, China was hit by an outbreak of African swine fever, wiping out much of its hog population herds, which represent more than 50% of the world's hogs. This sent pork prices in China to an all-time high by mid-2019, creating a ripple effect on the prices of pork and other animal proteins in many regions around the world. This was compounded by the introduction of Chinese import tariffs on U.S. pork and soybeans during the U.S.-China trade dispute. Fact number two, early lockdown measures and supply chain disruptions induced a spike in consumer food prices. At the start of the panorama, food supply chain disruptions, a shift from food services such as dining out towards retail grocery and consumer stockpiling, coupled with a sharp appreciation of the U.S. dollar pushed up consumer food price indices in many countries with consumer food inflation peaking in April 2020. Even though producer prices of primary commodities, including food and energy, were declining sharply as demand for primary food commodities was disrupted. By early summer 2020, however, various consumer food prices had moderated, pushing down consumer food inflation in many countries. Y'all see the, the, the price of food decreasing in your local Shopping mall. So while food prices at your grocery store, i.e. consumer food prices, may have increased, it is an exaggeration to say that they are currently rising at their fastest pace in years. <laughs> of course, IMF. Fact number three, soaring shipping and transport costs. Ocean freight rates, as measured by the Baltic Dry Index, which is a measure of shipping costs, have increased around two to three times in the last 12 months, while higher Gasoline prices and truck driver shortages in some regions are pushing up the cost of road transport services. Higher transport costs will eventually increase consumer food inflation. Fact number four, global food producer prices have rallied, reaching multi-year highs. From their trough in April 2020, international food producer prices have increased by 47.2%, attaining their highest real levels on May 2021 since 2014. Between May 2020 and May 2021, soybean and corn prices increased by more than 86 and 111 percent, respectively. Based on the four facts presented, it is plausible that consumer food price inflation will pick up again in the remainder of 2021 and 2022. Indeed, the recent sharp increase in international food prices has already slowly started to feed into domestic consumer prices in some regions as retailers, unable to absorb the rising costs, are passing on the increases to consumers. More is likely to come. However, since international food prices are expected to increase by about 25% in 2021 from 2020, stabilizing in 2021, a pass through a 20%, would thus imply an increase in consumer food price inflation of about 3.2 percentage points and 1.75 percentage points on average in 2021 and 2022, prospect, uh, respectively, excuse me, an additional one percentage point to the 2021 global consumer food inflation could be added by the higher freight rates. The impact, however, will vary by country to country. Of course it will, but it will be a problem. Just so you know, Reuters.com, U.S. House Budget Committee Chair, can't lift debt ceiling via budget reconciliation bill. And this, we're talking about this, you know, the, the debt ceiling. Last time this debt ceiling happened, uh, Moody's dropped the credit rating of the United States from AAA to AA. You can look it up. 
I remember Obama gave this this what was it? <laughs> it was it was a, a polarizing speech about how uh what was what did, what word did he use? Irresponsible it was for them to downgrade the credit rating of the United States. Yes, the United States has a credit rating and it has a Dun & Bradstreet number. The Seattle Times US default this fall would cost 6 million jobs, wipe out 15 trillion in household wealth, study says. America could plunge into an immediate recession if Congress fails to raise the debt ceiling and the US defaults on its payment obligations this fall, according to one analysis set to be released. Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics found that a prolonged impasse over the debt ceiling would cost the United States economy up to 6 million jobs, wipe out as much as $15 trillion in household wealth, and send the unemployment rate surging to roughly 9% from its current rate of 5%. Lawmakers in both parties agree that the debt ceiling must be raised to avoid economic calamity, but the standoff over how to do so has intensified despite Increasing the national debt by close to $8 trillion under former president, Republicans have been adamant that they will refuse to help Democrats increase the debt ceiling in opposition to the spending plans of the current president. The Department of Treasury has said it will exhaust its extraordinary measures to pay U.S. obligations sometime in October, giving lawmakers little time to act to head off a calamity. The writer likes that word, calamity. Quote, this economic scenario is cataclysmic. The downturn would be comparable to that suffered during the financial crisis of 2008. This is Zandi and Bernard Yaros, assistant director and economist at Moody's Analytics. The debt limit is the maximum amount of debt that the Treasury can issue to pay its bills. It was suspended from 2019 through last month under a deal reached under the Trump administration. If Congress fails to increase the debt limit, Treasury would be able to pay debts as they come due. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said earlier this week, such a default would be unprecedented in United States history. Moody's best estimate is that this date is October 20th, although Treasury has not given a more precise day. Oh, no. What do y'all think? If y'all are on the Discord... Anyone in the Discord server would like to chime in and do you think that the debt ceiling is going to be raised? Do you think it's going to be suspended? Do you think it's going to be raised? Do you think it's going to be a bunch of infighting? Moving forward, Warriors.com, Bank of England expected to keep rates steady as inflation risks mount. It's not just the United States. It really isn't. Britain's central bank looks to set um, looks to set interest rates steady Later, as it approaches the end point of its 895 billion pound asset purchase program and cast a wary eye over surging inflation pressures. Yikes. Reuters.com, Jerome Powell from the Fed, don't assume the Fed can thwart default fallout. The Federal Reserve may not be able to shield the economy and financial markets from the effects of the United States debt default, the central bank's chief said today as he urged Congress to raise the country's debt limit to avoid that catastrophic risk. Quote, it's, in, it's just very important 
that the debt ceiling be raised in a timely fashion so that the United States can pay its bills as and when they come due. The failure to do that could result in severe damage to the economy and financial markets. And it's just not something we should contemplate. Ed, quote, that was Fed Chair Jerome Powell asked at a press conference following the Fed's latest monetary policy meeting in the central bank. If the central bank is dusting off an emergency response to U.S. default first devised about a decade ago, Powell said, quote, no. No one should assume the Fed or anyone else can fully protect the markets or the economy in the event of a failure, end quote. U.S. lawmakers in Congress are at loggerheads over the federal government's $28 trillion, $400 billion debt ceiling. The Senate could see a vote next week on raising Washington's borrowing authority and keep the government funded. The chamber's number two Democrat said today with a House Democrat warning Republican opposition could lead to a historic default on the nation's debt. Mm. Meanwhile, CNBC, the Fed is evaluating whether to launch a digital currency and in what form, Powell says. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, they're, they're, they're evaluating whether they're going to launch it, y'all. So let me just tell you this. It's not, it's not set in stone that the Federal Reserve Bank for the United States is going to create a stable coin, digital currency, or CBD, Central Bank Digital Currencies, also known as CBDC. The Federal Reserve is pushing ahead with its study into whether to implement its own digital currency and will be releasing a paper on the issue shortly. Chairman Jerome Powell said today no decision has been made on the matter yet, he added, and said the Fed does not feel pressure to do something quickly as other nations move forward with their own projects. Quote, I think it's important that we get to a place where we can make an informed decision about this and do so expeditiously. I don't think we're behind. I think it's more important to do this right than to do it fast. End quote. Powell said at his post-meeting news conference. Powell added that the Fed is, quote, working proactively to evaluate whether to issue a CBDC and, if so, in what form, end quote. Establishing a digital dollar, dollar excuse me, has been on the Fed's radar for more than a year, and it announced in May that it would launch a deeper examination into the issue with a paper to follow. The Boston Fed has taken point on the project, joining with MIT in an initiative on whether the central bank should establish its own digital coin targeted at making the payment system more effective. Fed Governor, Governor, excuse me, Lyle, 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 Brainerd, Lyle, I don't, L-A-E-L, y'all, how you, how you pronounce that? Lyle has been strong in his advocacy of the effort, though several of other officials, including Vice Chair of, for Supervision Randall Quarles, have cast doubts. Advocates such as Brainerd say central bank digital currency benefits include getting payments quickly to people in times of crisis and also providing services to the unbanked. I'm just going to tell you all right now, they can institute negative interest rates immediately. You wake up and you got less money in your account or my bad in your CBDC coin wallet. Warriors.com Fed signals bond buying taper coming soon. Rate height 
next year. I don't know if you're paying attention to this. I am um, heavily. The Federal Reserve said today it will likely begin reducing its monthly bond purchases as soon as November and signal interest rate increases may follow more quickly than expected as the U.S. central banks turn from panorama crises policies gains momentum. The slight hawkish tilt was signaled in a new policy statement and economic projections that showed 9 of 18 Fed officials ready to raise interest rates next year in response to inflation that the central bank now expects to run at 4.2% this year, more than double is 2% target rate. A drawdown on the central bank's $120 billion in monthly bond purchases could begin after November 2nd. And third, policy meeting as long as U.S. job growth through September is, quote, reasonably strong. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in a news conference following the central bank's last two-day session. U.S. non-farm payrolls report from September will be released in early October, the last such report before Fed policymakers gather again in November. Quote, it would take a knockout or super strong employment report to start the taper off the bond buying program with the process expected to wind down by the middle of next year, Powell said. Okay, I'm watching these markets. He said November, right? Let's take a gander. Yahoo News! Via Reuters, they wanted me to make an account and pay some money. I found a workaround, y'all. U.S. home sales fall. House price inflation. Cooling. Sure. I don't believe it. U.S. home sales fail in August as supply remained tight, but there are signs the surge in house prices and the panorama field demand have probably run their course. (laughs) Still, prices remain high, enough to keep some potential buyers from a hot housing market. A report from the National Association of Realtors on Tuesday? That's interesting. Showed the smallest share of first-time homebuyers in more than two and a half years. And houses continuing to be snapped up, typically after only 17 days on the market. It's slowing, though. Don't worry about it. Quote, the recent moderation in existing home sales reflects some easing of the buying frenzy that carried over into early 2021. The frantic race for space sent prices soaring. We continue to expect the housing market to move back into balance over the next couple of years. Existing home sales dropped 2%. Single-family sales fell 1.9%. Condo and co-op sales dropped 2.8%. The decrease in sales coincided with the recent change in consumer attitudes towards buying homes. Or did it coincide with the recent... uh, cancellation of expanded benefits for unemployment hmm insider businessinsider.com Americans are pissed about the housing market they haven't hated it so much in four decades and yes I read that I I didn't put that word in there it's in there only 29% of Americans say it's a good time to buy a home in September it's the smallest number since 1982 And close to record lows, the majority was excited about home buying just months ago. 62% said it was a good time at the start of the year, and 65% said so in March of 2020, when the panorama first slammed the U.S. Last year's euphoria has curdled into a nationwide home shortage, largely thanks to widespread working from home and record low mortgage rates, or how about 
investment firms buying up all the single-family homes. Oh, but don't, you can't speak on that because they probably, you know, contribute to your publication. The mismatch between supply and demand has driven home values to suffocating highs, particularly for those looking to buy their first home. It's been especially tough for millennials who are entering peak home buying years and have few good options. For instance, prices rose 18.6% year over year in June, marking a third straight month of record home inflation. A rebound in home construction could cool the price surge, but contractors aren't rising to the occasion. Housing starts have hovered near pre-panorama levels despite inventory still at historic lows. Economists expect data to show new home starts climbing slightly in August to an annualized rate of 1.56 million homes. If that still pales in comparison to annualized pace of 2 million homes needed to counter the shortage, according to the National Association of Realtors. I guess Americans are pissed. Well, we got this IOL. I've never heard of this, but I was trying to read an article from the Wall Street Journal, and I found it here, but this is China Evergrande, Evergrande, I don't know, veers toward default in a $300 billion global shock. This is still, it's still unfolding, this, this situation. Evergrande, the company founded by real estate tycoon Xu Jiayin, was among China's largest developers. It built and sold millions of apartments each year to middle-class Chinese families eager to invest their savings in a seemingly endless housing boom. He owned a successful soccer club, showed up at high-level political meetings, wearing ostentatious designer belts, and took his private jet to Paris on a whim. Now, Xu's reputation, along with his property empire, is crumbling under more than $300 billion in liabilities. After years of ratcheting up debt to fund expansion, the sprawling conglomerate's financially risky behavior became too dangerous for authorities to ignore. Earlier this year, when China's central bank ordered the company to end its debt addiction, the resulting liquidity crisis is widely expected to end in one of China's largest defaults in what would be a severe shock for the country's property market and a blow for the Chinese Communist Party's campaign to tackle financial risks without harming economic growth or the everyday livelihoods of Chinese households. Global stock markets tanked Monday amid growing panic of wider contagion, starting with foreign creditors left without payments. Fear of widespread fallout from a default leaves Chinese regulators with a dilemma. Analysts say they could intervene to support creditors, but that would reinforce bad corporate behavior caused by assumptions that the government will step in whenever the situation gets out of hand. Or they could choose not to prevent the default and risk roiling markets in wider financial distress. This is a potential contagion that can move over to you know the United States, to Europe. Um, it's not looking good. What is this? UK, UK Today News. Two UK power companies collapse as ministers brace for more casualties. I'm, I see a trend. You see a trend? I see a trend. Two energy companies with 835,000 customers between them today joined the expanding list of suppliers to have gone bust in re- recent weeks. With the UK ministers bracing for further collapses amid the crisis, Warwickshire-based Avro Energy 
which had 2% of the British energy supply market with 580,000 domestic customers, is the largest supplier to have gone bust in at least the last decade. Newcastle-based Green supplied 255,000 households between two companies. 835,000 is an awful lot, said a director at one larger energy supplier, which will now come under pressure from regulators to take on customers from those failed businesses. You can't be in the market without being in the BSC, which is a balancing system code. Delta did not immediately respond. The company fought back against accusations by some officials and member of parliament that struggling suppliers were guilty of bad business practices and poor hedging strategies, saying a global gas shortage has sent energy prices soaring. What else we got here? Volkswagen's truck unit warns that the chip crisis will undercut sales. Volkswagen truck unit is facing severe difficulties in buying semiconductors that are weighing on sales at a time when demand is rising. The company warned today offering the latest sign of how a global chip shortage is holding back economic growth. Trayton, the maker of Scania, Man, and Navistar trucks said it was also suffering from shortages of other critical components. It's not just semiconductors. The shortages come as global economy is slowly. And here, let me look. I'm going to tell you how this. There's going to be shortages. We're going to, we're in a new, a new time, right? I suggest y'all start working on your holiday shopping right now. I'm serious. I suggest y'all start doing your holiday shopping right now. I suggest you start doing your holiday shopping right now. So there's no problems. Listen to what I'm saying. Or not. It's up to you. It's not just the semiconductor issue stretching global supply chains at the moment. It is also the shortage of numerous other products. Matthias Grundler, the chief executive of Trayton, said in a statement he said he expected the shortages to continue into 2022. Trucks increasingly come with autonomous driving features and other sophisticated electronics that require semiconductors. Chip makers were not prepared for the increased demand from vehicle manufacturers and have struggled to maintain production in the face of lockdowns in places like Malaysia, an important semiconductor producer. Yikes. This is interesting. FBI director says Afghanistan withdrawal raises concern of terror groups rebuilding. Really? You know how much weapons and tanks and stuff they left? Quote, we are, of course, concerned that there will be an opportunity for a safe haven to be recreated there, which is something we've seen in the past. End quote. FBI Director Christopher A. Ray said today in testimony to the House Homeland Security Committee, the hearing was called to discuss security risks to the United States around the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, but most of the discussion centered on lawmakers' questions about migrants at the southern border, cyber attacks, or the rising threat posed by domestic terrorism. Other witness, witnesses included Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Christine Abizad, director of the National Counterterrorism Center. U.S. forces withdrew from Afghanistan last month, nearly 20 years after undertaking a mission to destroy the al-Qaeda organization that launched the 9-11 hijacking plot and to prevent the country from fostering any further attacks. They failed. The United States failed. You lost, just like Nam. Some U.S. national security officials worry that the absence of an American military presence there will allow al-Qaeda or other groups such as Islamic State, Islamic State to strengthen and rebuild. I mean, 
I'm something to pay attention to, y'all. We got a couple more. Let's get into the show. Uh, what? Reuters.com bill to provide $1 billion for Israel Iron Dome system introduced in the United States Congress. Say what, player? Leader of the U.S. House of Representatives Appropriations Committee introduced legislation today to provide $1 billion to Israel to replenish its Iron Dome missile defense system a day after the funding was removed from a broader spending bill. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about that. Washington Post. No deal on bill to overhaul policing in aftermath of protests over killings of alleged or so-called black Americans. Are you surprised? They, they waited this one out. Bipartisan negotiations on overhauling the nation's policing practices to stem the killings of so-called black Americans collapsed today. A stalemate emblematic of a divided Congress and the gulf between the parties over how to address racism in the country. Democrats ended months of negotiation that began after the killing of George Floyd in May 2020 and subsequent nationwide protests, riots, and fires, son. The party's lead negotiators excuse me, said they had compromised repeatedly, but Republicans sought more concessions. And as I was saying, NBC.com, three reasons to start your holiday shopping today, even though it's not even October. Supply chain and inventory issues. Your holiday shopping experience is likely to look different than past years between issues with supply chains, rising costs of goods, staffing shortages, and problems filling shelves with merchandise. Retailers are gearing up for a difficult few months ahead, according to Salesforce. U.S. retailers will face an extra $223 billion in the cost of goods this shopping season. U.S. retailers will face an extra $223 billion in costs of goods this shopping season. These rising costs are due to labor shortages and higher prices for shipping and manufacturing. The study suggests that retailers will bear the brunt of much of these costs. However, some of these expenses will obviously and likely be passed down to consumers. Deloitte suggests Americans will spend between 7 to 9% more than they did during last year's holiday season, totaling $1.3 trillion. And with prices increasing in nearly every consumer category, shoppers can expect to shell out more for presents than ever before. The semiconductor shortage continues to place a tight squeeze on the supply of electronics. While these items continue to be very in demand, this includes everything from computers and gaming consoles to vehicles and home appliances. And with many items on back order for months, it's best to start shopping for these products now to ensure they arrive before you need to exchange gifts. Better take heed. (laughs) Yo. We got three more. I couldn't believe when I read this, y'all. Y'all need to pay attention. California News Times. California News Times. Vaccines in salad? Scientists growing medicine-filled plants to replace injections. (laughs) Y'all, I can't make this up, man. Vaccination can be a controversial subject for many, especially when it comes to injections. So what if you could replace the next shot with the salad instead? 
Researchers at the University of California, Riverside, are working on ways to grow edible plants that carry the same drugs as the mRNA vaccine. NS is one of the many inoculators that use messenger RNA technology to defeat the virus. They work by teaching cells of the immune system to recognize and attack certain infections. Unfortunately, the mRNA vaccine should be refrigerated until it's used. Otherwise, you will lose stability. The U.S. Riverside, I'm sorry, the UC Riverside team says that if successful, the general public can eat a plant-based vaccine. It can survive at room temperature. Man, I got a stomach, my stomach hurts right now thinking about this, man. CDC studies have found that, oh, the efficacy of the poke pokes dissipate over significant months thanks to a half a million grant from the National Science Foundation. Researchers are now trying to reach three goals. First, the team tries to successfully deliver the DNA, including the DNA mRNA to plant cells that can replicate them. Next, the authors of the study want to show the plants show that plants can actually produce enough mRNA to replace traditional injections. Finally, the team needs to decide appropriate dose People need to eat to properly replace the poke pokes. Quote, ideally, one plant produces enough mRNA to poke poke one person. End quote. This is Juan Pablo Dorado, Associate Professor of Plant Science at UCR. Quote, we are testing this approach as follows. Spinach and lettuce and people have the long-term goal of growing it in their own garden. Farmers also have the potential to eventually grow the entire sector. Plants can grow more pokes. (laughs) Gerard, the University of California, San Diego, and a team of scientists at Carnegie Mellon University say that chloroplasts are the key to making an edible poke poke. These are small organs in plant cells that help convert sunlight into energy. Quote, they are small solar power plants that produce sugar, and other molecules that allow plants to grow. They are also undeveloped sources for making the desired molecules, end quote. Previous studies have shown that chloroplasts may express genes that are not natural to the plant. Gerard's team achieved this by sending the genetic material in a protective casing to the plant cells. In the new study, Gerard teamed up with Professor Nicole Steinmetz, Steinmetz, whatever, of the University of California, San Diego, using nanotechnology delivers more genetic material to the chloroplasts. Quote, our idea is to reuse naturally occurring nanoparticles or plant viruses for genes. Steinmetz says, quote, several engineering, several in engineering is working on this to move the nanoparticles to the chloroplast and make them non-infectious to plants, end quote. Quote, one of the reasons I started working in nanotechnology was to be able to apply it to plants to create new technology solutions. It could be used not only in food products, but also in high-value products such as pharmaceuticals. Mm. You about, you, hey, you, you want to you see your salad with the poke poke? Let me get that poke poke Caesar salad brief. Reuters.com, air taxi startup Volocopter to sell 150 aircraft to China. Here they come. They're about to be, look, 
This thing got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It look like 15, 14 and 15 different propellers, man. German flying taxi startup Bolocopter said today it would sell 150 electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft to its joint venture with a unit of Chinese automaker Chiang, Geely Holding Group. Volocopter, which counts Dahmer, BlackRock, and Intel Capital, as some of its investors said it expects the partnership to bring electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft to China within the next three to five years. China represents the biggest single market opportunity for the urban air mobility in- industry. This is said Florian Reuter, Volocopter's chief executive officer in a statement. Volocopter did not disclose any financial details of the sale. The company in April had announced the formation of the joint venture with Zhejiang, Geely's Aero Fujia. Man, come on, man. Tongue twist me. Volocopter, which has raised 322 million euros from its investors, added that Zhejiang Geely's top boss, Daniel Lee Donghui, had joined its advisory board, baby. Crazy, huh? That's it. That's it for current events. Thank you for, you know, hey. Thank you for learning. Let's do this dance, y'all. How to thrive in the 21st century America. Um, You know, I got some points to make, and then... We, you know, I got a document that I'm going to, you know, go over a little bit. Current events has been running long. Unfortunately, if you're listening to the show online, you got about 10 minutes left in the broadcast. We're definitely going to stream. So, 563-999-3625. If you do not want to get disconnected. But let's jump into this, you know. Um, we got... We got a lot of things going on in this world, you know, as I said earlier. But there is a way that you can thrive in the 21st, 22nd century. You know, if you if you live that long, we're in the 20s, man. Can you live another 80 years? It's possible. You never know. The technologies that might be introduced, you may be able to eat the salad and not only get your poke poke, but get a facelift. You want that facelift salad? Huh? In order to thrive, you're going to need some qualities. You're going to need to do some things. I'm going to start off first by saying you're going to have to stay humble. You're going to have to stay humble. You know, we're we're moving away from the ego and individual to the collective. You know, that's just the way this whole thing is going right now. It's... It is. It's, it's it's a combination of, 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 you know, just natural progression, also a combination of a push from different governments and, 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 you know, the world economic form and these different things. So, you know, look, stay humble, man. Sister, brother, stay humble. You ain't that tight. Nobody cares. The only people that care are those who depend on you. You ain't got nothing to prove to anyone but to yourself and to those who, you know, depend on you and even still. You don't have anything to prove to anyone. Just stay humble. You know, let someone else toot their own horn or whatever. Up talk themselves. You know, it's going to be a differentiation. So, you know, I would say number one, stay humble. Just, you know, stay humble. Next, we're going to say, don't filter. 
do not filter. And you know, I say filter, and people think you know filter on on the on your photo app or something like that. You know, people throwing filters on their photographs. And you could throw filters in your life, man. You know, uh, I know people. Well, I know of people that don't pay any property tax but still put rims on their lack. Nice cars, nice clothes, jewelry. Don't own any assets. That's a filter. You pull up, you got the nice whip with the brims and stuff, and you got maybe some jewelry and stuff. You know what I mean? But you damn near homeless. You live in a in a studio or a one bedroom. You can barely afford, barely got any furniture. And it's all about the look. It's all about how you're perceived by alleged peers. That's not how you're gonna thrive. Can't do it. That's not thriving. It's not at all. You gotta you gotta you gotta kill that filter. Kill the filter, the life filter, the the insta filter, whatever, the TikTok, whatever it is. Apply it to your life and kill it. Next, you gotta keep your word. There's so many people out here that just say things just to be saying it. Um in my generation, and I may be dating myself, as I was growing up, one of the phrases of our generation was keep it real. One of the phrases that I noticed from the next generation was fake it till you make it. And it was such a polar, uh, polarizing difference between the two models of the generations. Keep it real and fake it till you make it. It was it was interesting. So there's a there's a a propensity as well as a tolerance for lies. For lies. There's a tolerance. You know, people know you're putting filters, uh, filters on the picture. You know, see pictures on, I don't even like social media because, man, I be going to people's profiles and all they do is just take pictures of themselves, man. Look, if you hit me up on social media and you're trying to, you know, connect or something and I go to your profile and all there is is pictures of yourself and you and your dog and you let your dog lick you all in the mouth. That's gross, man. <laughs> I ain't trying to have that. But it's not real. And, you know, I'll go so far as to say, and, man, this is controversial. It's very controversial. I've gotten cussed out for saying this, but I still believe it. Makeup is lying. Putting makeup on your face, you're lying. That's not what you look like. I've seen brothers put lifts in their shoes, put things in their shoes to, to make them look taller. Um, they got some of the best wigs out now that I've ever seen to make you look like you're not bald. There's a lot of um, fakeness going on, but in the real, there's a lot of people who aren't keeping the word or aren't, are not telling the truth. If you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, the 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 value of respectful, responsible, mature character of a man or woman is absolutely necessary 100% you may think you got away with something by by being dishonest or not keeping your word or having these excuses as to why you said something and didn't follow through on it don't nobody care about your excuses and anyone who do care about your excuses will give you the same excuses when they break their word keep your word that's, that's how you're going to thrive you can thrive by keeping your word being dependable res- responsible People look at you and they know, well, hey, when she says something, she does it. She keeps her word. So let's let's do this dance versus taking a gamble with someone that could be just straight flossing and got a filter all over their life. Four, number four, acquire bankable skills. 
I think it's time to really start moving away from this work a job nine to five until you retire dance. I thought it was time when I think it was the nineties or something when they converted pensions into 401ks, when they, they took the responsibility of the retirement away from the corporation, took it off the corporation and transferred the responsibility for a person's retirement to the stock market, man. It's crazy. It's amazing. I think it's funny how people don't even recognize this stuff. Acquiring bankable skills that you can utilize on behalf of yourself, on behalf of your family, that don't require you to have a large conglomerate employer or something like that or something of that nature is how you're going to thrive in the 21st century. I'm serious. As the proliferation of the Internet of Things and autonomous robots and stuff like that assemblers continues there's going to be less and less jobs available especially manual jobs different worker jobs stuff like that i don't know about you but i'm tired of calling customer service and and this robot keeps trying to talk to me i can understand complete sentences you're automated whatever I put zero before I can send you. We need to know which I put zero. And just so you know, if y'all just y'all just put zero, just keep pushing zero, you'll get you'll get some of most of the time. Some of them, they they program the system to hang up on you if you don't talk to the robot. But I'm not talking to a robot. But those of you who answer phones and do customer service, you're steadily being replaced by artificial intelligence, by robots talking to you. I don't talk to robots on the phone, y'all. I don't. I hate it. It makes me sick. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't make me sick, but it does it does bother me. Uh number five, start a business. Start a business. You can employ your children, you can employ your family members, you can even employ your friends. It's it can be difficult, it can be cantankerous, it can be scary. But man, start start your business. You can do it. You can definitely do it. But the only way to thrive in 21st century America is to own nothing and control everything privately. Own nothing, control everything. As the states, as the, because look, y'all saw, maybe you didn't see, but I think it was Schumer, House, in the House or the Senate or whatever, man, introduced a bill to federally uh, decriminalize uh, cannabis. It's going to be a harbinger of, 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 of income to these states that, you know, continue to legalize. But as these states continue to expand, these governments expand, you know, the income that was once sufficient when legalization hit will become insufficient after a few years. And you will, you will definitely be subject to predatory policies and instituted by states, municipalities, cities, and in some situations, counties. If you think of plan, wait a couple years. You'll see. But as the states become more and more broke and desperate and predatory, raising property taxes, raising sales taxes, there's going to be some crazy stuff. And you're coming after you know, individuals coming after families. We got about a minute left in the broadcast. 60 seconds. 
you listen online, you want to call in, 563-999-3625. Otherwise, you'll be disconnected. And though any trustee is a legal owner of property and trust, trustees of private trust do not experience the incident's personal ownership due to properly limited liability via trust instrument and the cardinal virtues of the trustees. It is this limited liability that makes an ex, uh, and extends the power of a trust no less than the corporation. But it is the latitude of choice of whether to function in common law with absolute rights in commerce under the general law merchant or in Roman civil law venue with only relative rights. There's an alarm going off. In the office, or that, or in the Roman civil law venue with only relative rights in commerce under private international law that makes the that makes the trust inter alia far superior and profitable. Under the aegis of a properly set up trust, the trustee is clothed in a veil, impenetrable, but from within. The suit of armor is this trust contract, a trust instrument, which holds to the trustee in all his good faith dealings on behalf of the trust, fully compensating him or her for her services or his services, privileging his use of trust property and enabling his or her exercise of creativity and business endeavors, all without the excessive weight of inquisitorial legislation. The great latitude afforded under specific private or express trust manifests itself in a number of ways, one of which is in the prosecution of claims and commercial liens wherein the trust acquires for value the account of a debtor, and the trustee utilizes the trust's qualities in order to effectively collect the debt owed. The trust brings with it a form of professionalism, professionalism and authority which enables the debt to be collected honorably, and when one is trustee, he or she is in a fiduciary position generally looked upon with respect for the integrity inherent in this position. This has always been the case, except where the power has been abused. But even so, history is clear that there are far more abuses of power via corporations than with trusts. The bottom line is that private trusts Relation is the most effective means to owning nothing and controlling it all, and when utilized properly, properly, it affords its participants with all the ingredients of legal health and commercial wellness. It is also true that no matter how many arguments are made against the private expressed trust, the learned reader will always see through the propaganda and spin knowing the state's nagging concern is the utter lack of in-rem jurisdiction over express trust. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. At the end of the day, in-rem jurisdiction remains in the private venue, i.e. with the trustee pursuant to the private contract between he or she and the settlor or the grantor. So from natural deduction, it should become clear that private express trust can really only fail due to some misgiving or impropriety on the part of the trustee. The trustee must therefore 
trust his or her self. Um, and this is the main, like the main reason why we offer trustee training, because these types of trust are only penetrated due to mis it mis administration or improper administration on behalf of the trustees. The only way that the trust, the private, a private contractual entity can be pierced is if there is a discrepancy or some co-mingling, some self-dealing on behalf of the trustee or the board of trustees. So when when thinking about how are, how are you going to thrive, you know, not just survive, but thrive, it is going to be predicated upon your access to wealth and your access to food, clothing, shelter, transportation. Now, in a predatory legislative or statutory environment, It is an everyday occurrence that the state will take your stuff. A uh, perfect example, a friend of mine, we we were, um, no, he told me this story. I wasn't with him. He was, he met a friend of his at a, at a lake in the city and he got out of his car and I may have told this story before. He got out of his car and got into a car with his friend, and they took off. They went somewhere. I don't know where they went. Upon his return, he noticed that there was a uh, the lower lease, a.k.a. the police. I call him the lower lease private as to why, but I call him the lower lease. The lower lease was chilling right next to his car, his parked car. They were just sitting there. And um, he decided not to go up to the car. He wanted to wait for them to pull off. But what happened was a tow truck pulled up and pulled up next to his car. And that's, that's when he got out the car and he started, hey, 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 he tried to, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Am I not legally parked? Fine. Well, the little lease officer proceeded to tell him, hey, you have many, many parking tickets unpaid. Many, many. And a new city ordinance is that if there's a certain number of unpaid parking tickets, the city can take your car. <laughs> I'm I'm not playing. My man lost his car. Lost it. Had that car been in a trust, would not have been able to happen. There's a difference when a when a a car is titled to trust versus is titled to an individual name, a state citizen or US citizen, so to speak. It's very different. If you have never administered trust, it's difficult for you to comp- comprehend what I'm attempting to you know, convey. If you have administered trust, it could still be difficult. If you've administered trust and you've ever been pulled over 
in a car that is titled to the trust, you know what I'm talking about. If you disclose, like, like whose car is this? And, you know, if you disclosed it, you know what I'm talking about. Because from my experience and from any stories or reports that I've heard from people who have been pulled over in a car or van or truck or SUV or whatever, that was in the name of the trust. They Once it was disclosed that it was trust property and that they were merely trustees, the whole situation changed. The attitude of the officer changed. And, you know, it's it's really something to to think about when it comes to uh, predatory practices on your private property. They, they just took his car. He never got it back. They just took it. As if it was theirs. He was very upset. He's still upset about it. Where we at? The private contract express trust is a trust created by private contract for the holding of a divisible property interest wherein the trustees are empowered by the grantor to do for a beneficiary choosing whatever he may do for himself as an individual sue jurors. What has been created here is a trust organization lawfully by natural right as a general proposition it may be asserted that one who creates a trust may mold it into whatever form he or she pleases and that whatever one may lawfully do as an individual they may authorize another to do for them through trust doing so requires no benefit privilege or franchise from any government or other outside party and therefore the parties owe no duty to any government or other outside party to the extent that no common law criminal or civil wrong is the purpose of the contract when done properly the trust is afforded all the common law protections ordinarily ordinarily given to private contracts particularly the obligation of them now the question is whether the parties to the contract are truly acting sui juris i.e. for their pure unadulterated common law natural rights because the parties import or associate benefits which grant an outside party a vested interest in the proposed contract then the contract has acquired a third party overseer or intervener in Barry versus McCourt it's a 1965 Supreme Court decision the court held that an express trust is a quote contractual relationship based on trust form end quote and in Smith versus North it was held that any law or procedure in its relation I'm sorry in its operation denying or obstructing contract rights impairs the contractual obligation and is therefore violative of Article 1 Section 10 of the Constitution because a private contract express trust is created by the exercise of the natural right to contract which cannot be abridged the agreement when executed becomes protected under federally enforceable right of contract law and not under laws passed by any of the several state legislatures also in Elliott versus Freeman the court made it clear that the private 
The express contract trust is not subject to legislative control. It went further to acknowledge the right, wise stance of the United States Supreme Court that the trust relationship comes under the realm of equity based upon common law, right of contract, and is not subject to legislative restrictions as are corporations and other organizations created by legislative authority. To clarify the equity and common law distinctions for the basis for trust under the common law in this instance is not that such organizations are creatures of common law as distinguished from equity, but that they are created under common law of contracts and do not depend upon any state or state statute. Now, I know a lot of people that really think that this stuff is too good to be true. That feel as though maybe I don't understand the Supreme Court case. That's the Supreme Court. That doesn't apply to me. And I want to tell you unequivocally that that's false. It's 100% false. Now, when you understand that there are over 80 different types of trust, when you understand that there are two main types of trust, or two, I'm sorry, two main categories of trust, and there are over 80 different types of trust. The two main categories of trusts are this. Those trusts that owe their existence to legislation and some sort of public authority and those trusts that owe their existence to a private contract. When you're dealing with any type of statutory acknowledged and authorized trust, there's going to be specific rules. Things that a legislative controlled trust can do and a legislative controlled trust cannot do. These are, these are distinctions that must be understood if you're looking to thrive in the 21st century America. Corporations are artificial creations of the state as well as state trusts or or federal government under physical charter or franchise issued via state or federal civil law for commercial regulation under Article 1, Section 1, Clause I'm sorry, Article 1, Section 8, Clauses 1 through 3. They are not under the literal common law because of the charter. They get a charter from the state any legal action against the corporation is legally called an in rem action because it is against the thing or property also called res of the corporation under the charter the courts have automatic subject matter jurisdiction because the physical charter is the subject matter does that does that make sense the subject matter is the charter 
for the corporation or you know the articles of organization of you know if in this case an LLC it was authorized and created by the state of and this is simple for me I mean I guess this is simple and I, I try to explain this thing you know very simply <clears throat> now under the letter of the constitutional law there is no commercial regulation but House Joint Resolution 192 along with 15 USC brought in a third party for commercial regulation for public policy remember equity compels performance the law views unincorporated associations as a danger to the substance of the common law because of their debit credit system. This is because there is no counterbalance to the demands the association puts on the substance of the earth. Thus, the reason for all the federal and state regulatory agencies. In other words, there is a presumption by implication in the civil law that a charter a metaphysical, abstract, unreal type exists because persons are availing themselves of privileges pertaining to House Joint Resolution 192. Therefore, these persons come under a quasi-in-rem jurisdiction of the civil law in order to regulate, control, including compel those that are outside the literal common law principles. The many participants under this system, especially the 14th Amendment citizens from each state together, form an unincorporated federation of state associations operating under interstate commerce as addressed in Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2, and reinforced by the landmark Erie Railroad Company versus Tompkins decision. This is the basis for the federal and state government's compulsion of persons to its private international law, i.e. the spirit, not the letter, of the common law mixed with public Roman law or civil law under Law of Nations per Article 1, Subsection 8, Clause 3 and 10, and Article 6, Clause 2. Nowadays, commonly known as codes and statutes, whether state or federal, to regulate everything as a matter of commerce. Right? I'll be following, man. Come on. Hey, look. Um, By operation, in rem element, all persons subject to the jurisdiction are not necessarily regarded as fictional vessels per se, but are mostly as objects of the state. These objects, like vessels in traditional admiralty practice, are vested with distinct quasi-corporate juridical personality, but unlike vessels, are capable of suing and being sued in personum. I'm sorry, in personum. In personum. I like personum, but personum. Okay, fine. It's, 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 it's uh, Latin. 14th Amendment citizens of the United States, whether state or federal chartered corporations or metaphysical chartered corporate colored public persons, therefore, are akin to public vessels of the United States within the broad meaning of the Public Vessels Act and are regulated accordingly. The United States, as with the Roman Church, is considered in international law as a ship of state. The express trust, then, is akin to a private vessel of the United States of America, navigated through the often hostile waters called interstate commerce, which is international commerce via United States treaties think about it think about it for two seconds so I mean technically and you know just basically going off of this 
only corporations would be considered U.S. citizens, right? No? I, that's the way I'm looking at it. Now, Even though in today's economic situation, the term citizen is presumed to signify the 14th Amendment citizen, the term cannot be applied to express trust when administered properly. In contrast, corporations as artificial persons are citizens of the United States. Within the meaning of the 14th Amendment, per Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad Company, 118 U.S. 394-396. A man's right to contract is considered so fundamental that even under Roman law, in its system of domestic slavery, all men, citizen or not, with the exception of slaves, the only non-persons, retain this fundamental right of contract. It is understood to derive from a man's creator and therefore is unalienable. Even with his own consent or waiver. Man's right of contract logically is held by him in trust to his creator as property which has been settled upon him and thus can never be contracted away because such would be would invalidate the original contract itself. I'm going to say that one more time. A man's right of contract is considered so fundamental that even under Roman law In its system of domestic slavery, all men, citizen or not, with the exception of slaves, whom were the only non-persons, retain this fundamental right of contract. It is understood to derive from a man's creator and therefore is unalienable, even with his own consent or waiver. Man's right of contract logically is held by him in trust to his creator as property which has been settled upon him and thus can never be contracted away because such would invalidate the original contract itself. The only way the only way that you're going to survive or my bad the only way you're going to thrive is if you are (laughs) First of all, you understand that, you know, this is, this is, it's all admiralty. It's all, it's all, you know, civil law. I mean, um, commercial law. It's maritime admiralty law. It's, it's, it's commerce, commerce, commercial law, commercial law. And through extensive study, one can come to the conclusion that governments and municipalities and statutory authorities can only govern its own creations but the administration has to be on point has to be 100% on point 100% not 99% not 98% not 97% 100% on point and that's why you know we offer trustee training here at the foundation it's it's 
it's one thing to sell someone to trust and say peace. It's like me selling you a bicycle but not teaching you how to ride it. It looks pretty sitting over in the corner, but without the proper education on how to operate a bicycle, you can you can actually kill yourself on one of those things. And I think this type of scenario is to be associated also with the administration of trust because only only those that know how to properly administer private contractual entities are going to be those who thrive in this coming monetary system that is being reset or recreated as we speak. And over here talking about the Fed is de- determining whether or not they're going to do a central bank digital currency. Come on, man. Now, and if we move to central bank digital currencies, which is going to happen across the world, commercial, listen to what I'm saying. And that central bank digital currency CBDC wallet for the digital currencies of the central bank is in the name of an all capital entity individual that is a US citizen is going to be a much different situation than a coin wallet that is owned and in the name of a private contractual trust please understand what I'm trying to tell you right now Please understand what I'm trying to tell you right now. Lawsuits, litigation, uh, predatory practices are disallowed from touching the trust of a proper, properly established contractual entity. Don't let people scare you off and scare you away from, you know, what is rightfully yours and you have the right to contract unlimited and depending on how you contract depending on how you do business depending on how you live life you have the the potential to thrive you can do it but I suggest that while you're thriving before you thrive you set up the proper structures not only so you can own nothing and control everything but also you protect assets and wealth and property because you don't own it how you gonna how you gonna take it I don't you can sue me sue me bro sue me good luck oh, I'm sorry that's trust property oh what It's, it's it's an amazing thing. It, it makes me feel great to be in the position I'm in, you know, and I'm doing just like I'm telling y'all. I'm staying humble. I'm not using filters. I'm keeping my word. I'm acquiring bankable skills every day. And of course, I've started multiple businesses. Heavily, heavily into real estate at the moment, you know, um, Heavily, heavily into consulting, 
heavily, heavily into technology. Those are the three main sectors outside of the original, you know, um, entertainment sector by which of royalty quarterly payments because multiple streams of income is the pathway to wealth and if you're looking to strive you got to do multiple things you'll never get rich working a job ever ever you will never get rich working for someone else working a job Unless you know how to program and you're headhunted by Google or Microsoft or something, it's not going to happen. It is not. And it's up to us. It's up to us to make our own reality. So, how do you thrive in 21st century America? Stay humble. Don't filter. Keep your word. Acquire bankable skills. Start a business and own nothing. Control everything. I know, you know, I probably have this uncanny ability to bring everything and tie everything into trust. It's just how I see the world, you know. Um, I've been around very, very powerful people. I've been around people with a lot of money. I've been on yachts the size of apartment buildings. I've been, I've sat on couches that cost 15 grand, 20 grand. Chairs that cost 10 grand. I've sat at desks that cost 5, 10 grand. I mean, I walk into a room, I can't even afford the couch, the love seat, player. I've been in these situations. I've been around people very, very rich and they're different than we are. They're very different than us. Very different. And from what I saw and what I experienced and what I learned, the difference between the wealthy and those who are not wealthy are the structures that they use as well as the tools and methods they use to grow and create wealth. But they tell us get just get a job and, and 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 work really hard and if you work really hard one day you can be somebody. I saw a meme where it was like, you know, ten years I was broke but I you know, I I I worked hard, I came in early, I put in overtime, and now 10 years later, I'm still broke, but my boss can buy a Lamborghini. I thought that that was very, 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 very sad, but very true. Historically, wages do not keep pace with inflation. In the currency, historically, wages do not keep pace with inflation in housing costs and food costs. But, you know, is this, you know, at the end of the day, this is my opinion. I don't give legal advice. You know, I'm not an attorney or a lawyer. I just, I'm just not. But I can give anyone the blueprint on how to be successful, but I can't execute the blueprint for them. You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, I understand, you know, a lot of this may seem outside of the realm of reality or the realm of what's possible for you to achieve don't be hating on yourself you need to believe in yourself and you need to know that you can do things and even if you don't believe you can do it try it anyways and try it realistically like a valiant effort not just a half-ass half-stepping effort like for real go for it 
You got one life to live. Nothing's guaranteed. Why would you spend your whole life being safe? Live your life. Grow your wealth. Get your empire popping. Do what you want to do. Make it happen. But you got to grind how most won't if you want to live how most can't. If you want to thrive in the 21st century America, you got to know what to do. As always, you can email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com if you have any questions. If you'd like to book a consultation, you know, um, go to welcometothefoundation.com, you know, get some free PDFs, grab any of the offerings, you know, Foundation Trust Primer, Foundation Trust Series, Passport No Social. But trusty training for me, in my opinion, is where it's at. And um, you're not going to find anything like it anywhere. Unless it's someone copying what they what they saw over here at the foundation. But what what trustee training is is what I wish was available for me when I came into this information in what was it like 2011. I had no when I first started learning about trust, I had no no idea about SPC or the straw none of that man. I was just look I'm trying to keep my bread, I'm trying to keep my zeros in my pounds. But it's crazy, you know. When you when you walk a path where where it goes and where it takes you, so you know, hey, I want what's best for you, definitely do. I want you to make it. I want you to be successful. I want you to be happy. I want you to raise happy children. So you know, when your children, if and ever they come in contact with my children, your children are not toxic, <laughs> and and Daniel Downers, Daniel and Debbie Downers. Demetrius Downers Daquanda Downers You know what I'm saying Debbie Demetrius Daniel That's it There it is That's the show You know what I'm saying I'm not taking any calls tonight It's crazy None Zero Not a one but I appreciate y'all and I, and I, and I love y'all. And I, I, I really, really, really am, am, am working hard so that whenever you're ready, I can help you as well. But, you know, from business credit to setting up your business, to setting up your trust, uh, business trust, asset trust, family trust, you know. All that stuff is included in the trustee training. We meet once a week as a group, and you can contact me throughout the week individually. And, um, you know, I, if I do say so myself, man, we're changing the world. At the very least, you know, we're changing the hood or changing people who came from the hood or, you know, just. Changing, you know, the, what brothers and sisters are able to do in their lives. Allowing brothers and sisters to dream higher. To reach higher. Because, you know, the process of learning how to administer trust instills confidence in you. 
you become competent in a, a very highly specialized 1% subject. And, uh, you know, hey, it's a beautiful thing. Growing growth and growth through knowledge, growth through experience, growth through expression. It's a beautiful thing. So, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. If you know, hey, book a consultation, say what's up. If you if you would like the document from today, all you gotta do is nine nine twenty two show document, and I will email it to you. No questions asked. All you gotta just all you gotta say nine two two show document. Email me admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. I'll email you this. I know you heard me turning pages because I printed it off, but it is a PDF, so I'll just shoot it to you in an email. And yeah, you know, I look forward to assisting you in your transition to the private. I really do. I look forward to serving you and your family. So with that being said, you know, it's been a pleasure, as it always is. I look forward to, you know, like I said, assisting you in a private transition. And, uh, you know, I appreciate y'all checking out the show. And just know that, you know... um, A lot of things seem difficult. <clears throat> the biggest the biggest detriment with regards to how we do things or don't do things is that we don't believe in ourselves. You know? And we need to believe we need to believe in ourselves. We need to empower ourselves. We need to support each other as we make these moves and come you know, come into this new new world of abundance. And I just want you to know that you can do it, you know? But you have to believe that you can do it. And you have to begin to do it. So that eventually you can become what you're, you know, what you're believing that you can. But it takes work. And, you know, it, it, it takes work. And there's times where you want to give up. There's times where you say that you, I can't do it. There's going to be times where you feel like really, really lame. Times where you feel really, really embarrassed. Times where you feel very, very frustrated. I'm going to tell you like I tell the trustees and different clients, you will be tested with this information, whether in your relationship, in your family, in your job, whatever, in your future plans and ambitions, you will be tested when you come into this information. It's not going to be all honky dory. Please believe you can ask any trustee in the training that has ever did, done the training and actually, like, you know, did it for real and started making moves, opening bank accounts, titling vehicles, so on and so forth, setting up business trusts and whatnot. Tests come. Tests abound. But once you get through it, man, it's, it's one of the biggest confidence boosters that you'll ever experience in your life. Really. And then you start upgrading your life. But you deserve better. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be successful. And you deserve to thrive in 21st century America. And I trust that, you know, if necessary, I can assist you in that, in that endeavor. As I say, I, you know, I believe in you. I really do. It's, it's, it's the lack of belief and the lack of attempts that have us messed up. I'm serious. So believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Stay humble. 
Don't filter. Keep your word. Acquire bankable skills if you haven't already started business and get into trustee training. Admin at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. This will ensure that you thrive and not only survive to the 21st century. I appreciate y'all checking out the show. My name is So L, Seeker of Truth L, Speaker of Truth L. And as always, it has been a pleasure. And I will catch y'all next week on the same network, the hottest radio network on the planet. That's High Frequency Radio Network. As I said, I am So L. Y'all have a great week. You enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight. Every night, it is important. There's a law of detraction. And as I said, I'll catch y'all next week. Same high frequency time. Same high frequency channel. Y'all have a great week. Love y'all. Peace to the gods. High frequency radio.